friends, I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. My guest today is Tim Fitzpatrick. Tim is an entrepreneur and a business owner with expertise in marketing and business growth. He has 20 plus years of entrepreneurial experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. That passion served him well in operating and managing a wholesale distribution company he co-owned for nine years. The company grew an average of 60% a year before being acquired in 2005. Since then, he's had failures and successes that have been valuable learning experiences. He started Rialto Marketing in 2013 and has been helping service businesses simplify marketing so that they can grow with less stress. Most people overcomplicate marketing, and it doesn't need to be that way. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Katie, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other very well. I've been on your podcast and your Facebook Live. We have a lot of similar connections. I I feel like the older I get, the smaller the world is becoming. You've had some friends of mine on your show, too. So, I just would love to introduce you a little bit more to our audience. You're based right here in Colorado, just in Highlands Ranch, so just down the street from me. So let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what life was like growing up for you. Sure. So I grew up in the the Bay Area in Northern California. It was a great place to grow up. I think it's still a great place to be, but it's gotten really busy. And so... um, yeah, my wife and I ended up moving out to Colorado in, in 2008. But as a kid, I'm not going to tell you, I was one of those entrepreneurial kids selling baseball cards and hawking stuff at garage sales. All I really cared about was riding my bike and hanging out with friends. So, but it was a great place to grow up. When I graduated from college, I got involved, as you mentioned, in a wholesale distribution company. And uh, boy, that was, I learned more doing that in six months than I did in four years of college. It was in on the job MBA. I learned so much and it was a wonderful experience until we sold it. And uh, I worked for that company for another three years after we sold it. And then I actually got laid off, which is kind of funny. It's more common than you think, Katie, to get laid off by the company that bought you. But uh, after that, I decided to, to transition into virtual, which was in the early 2010, which most people will say, oh my God, Tim, what the hell were you thinking? But I've always felt like there was opportunity in any market. And in that market, it was door knocking and knocking on people's doors to help them get out of foreclosure you know, sell their houses. And we had to work with the banks to get them to approve selling the house for less than what it was worth. And uh, put myself outside of my comfort zone every day when I was doing that. But I did not. And after three years, I said, man, I got to do something different. What's the point knowing my own business if I'm not enjoying it? And so I, um, I shifted gears at that point, And that's when I got into, into marketing, which is what I'm doing today. So that's my, uh, my winding entrepreneurial road in two minutes. Yeah, you know, Tim, it it is crazy being, you know, I love, I love the fact that you're laid off. That sounds weird to say. But I mean, I think that that really gives us I I was also laid off. I was laid off from, you know, what I thought was my dream job. I was, you know, the marketing manager for the television station here for the Rockies. I had a fantastic boss. I loved what I did. And when I was laid off, I felt like my world had been like was crashing in. But it really opened up the door for me to do my own thing. And I think that sometimes it, it takes being 
laid off from something that to really allow you to to grow as as a business owner and see where life can take you. So you know, it's maybe we're not alone with our uh, being laid off to, to becoming successful entrepreneurs. You know, and you took us through your career journey a bit. What do you think if you're just if someone's listening right now that's just starting out to becoming a business owner? What is the single biggest piece of advice that you would want to give him or her as their journey starts? Oh man, there's, you know what, there's no shortage of great advice out there. I don't think there's any one silver bullet, but one of the things that I have always embraced, which I think has really helped me, is change. You can fight change all you want, but as an entrepreneur, if you fight things changing, you're going to have a really hard time being successful. I think you're going to create a lot of headaches for yourself. We have to embrace change. They, things are changing all the time. You know, gosh, the pandemic is a great example, right? You, there are plenty of people that were cranking and the pandemic hit and the brakes just went on. So, you know, I think we have to be open to change and we have to have the ability to look for the silver lining. How can I take advantage of this change? to continue to move my business forward. And that is, that's great advice. I think that we all had to do, I feel like the word of 2020 was pivot. And we all had to do a lot of pivoting with our businesses last year. But I think that it gave a wake up call to a lot of businesses that had been kind of putting their marketing plan and their marketing strategy on the back burner. Oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then all of a sudden, when everything was shut down, their digital marketing plan had to be front and center and they had to figure things out quickly yep. if they wanted to try and succeed and grow. So for a lot of businesses, you help them figure out how to find their marketing plan and, and how to not overcomplicate it. I, you know, I said that in your introduction, you're all about simplifying it and making it so that um, you can have a clear message. So what is one of the tips that you give to businesses when they're trying to figure things out with their marketing strategy and help that, helping them create that clear message? Yeah. So we always come back to the fundamentals and start with the fundamentals first. The fundamentals lay the foundation for you to build the rest of your marketing house from. And there's just so many people that skip the fundamentals. They don't understand or have a real firm grasp on their target market, you know, who they're going to serve and how they're going to serve those people. They don't have clear engaging messaging to attract and engage that target market. And they don't have a plan of how they're actually going to get that message in front of those people. So many people want to get tactical immediately. You know, I mean, I've got to be on Clubhouse or I have to be on TikTok or I've got to get my website up or I have to have a YouTube channel. Well, if you start, the, all those things can be great. But if you do those things prior to knowing those fundamentals for your business, you're never going to have long-term success. Your marketing just becomes a crapshoot. You're throwing spaghetti up against a wall hoping something sticks. And that's just not a good long-term plan. And, you know, what we find, I mean, Katie, even businesses that have been in business for three, five, 10 years, sometimes they're struggling with these fundamentals. You know, they've still found ways to succeed in spite of that. But when they get those fundamentals in place, the level of everything that they do just rises. Absolutely. And for what I do, I, you know, I, I do social media, 90% of what I do every day is, is in social media. And it makes my life so much easier. If somebody that's coming to me ha does have those fundamentals in place, they have their messaging in place, like they have, they know what their brand colors are, what their, what the voice of their business is. And 
I think that that really can kind of, like you said, oh, we have to have the website, we have to be on this social media platform, we have to do all the things. And when you're, when you're doing all the things, you're really just becoming white noise and putting out a message to no one instead of your exact target audience. So how does someone do that? How do they narrow down their target market? Yeah, I think the easiest place to start for an existing business, somebody that's, they've got current clients, they have past clients, the easiest place to start is to ask yourself three questions. First one, who do you enjoy working with? Why work with people that make your life difficult every day, okay? Two, problems. If we're gonna stay in business, we need to work with profitable clients. Frankly, we're doing ourselves and our clients a disservice if we're not working with clients that are profitable. And three, who do you do your best work for? If we can work day in, day out with those clients that we get our best results for, what's gonna happen? They're gonna be happy. They're gonna wanna continue to work with us. They're gonna refer us. If we've got more services they, they, they can take advantage of, they're gonna wanna do that. So if you ask yourself those three questions, you have a subgroup of your current and past clients that you answered positively to all three of those questions. That is the group that you start to dig a little bit deeper on and you start to look at the psychographics and the demographics of the people in that group. So the demographics, those are the numbers, right? You know, and depending on whether you're B2B in the business to business or business to consumer space, those demographics may be different, you know, but it could be age range, it could be where people live, how much money they make, it could be their job title, the industries that they're in, those are all examples of, of demographics, okay? But we can look at the demographics, then we want to look at the psychographics and the psychographics really is we're getting into the, into the thought process, into their head. What are their thoughts as it relates to what we do? What are their motivations, the, the roadblocks that they have, the results that they're looking for, the common problems? When we look at the demographics and the psychographics of the customers that are in that group, inevitably what happens is one to three subgroups come from that and those are your ideal client types. I love that. And it resonates exactly with the social media too, because I think that a lot of people, businesses, brands get so wrapped up in the vanity metrics. Like, oh, well, we only have a hundred likes. We only have 200 followers or whatever. Yeah. But if you have 200 people that are actively engaging with your page and your content, it is way better to have those 200 people than it is to have bought purchased yes you know to 20,000 people from uh, Brazil or something that never ever engage or like or comment with your posts and it's very obvious it's go the, the, it's true the riches are in the niches and and when you target down and make your your content and your your messaging and your marketing for that small group it really will help your business grow because again word of mouth it is still a very large part of advertising. And if you are talking directly to your target market every day, they are going to tell their friends and family about you. So yep. I love that tip, Tim. And I think it's something that a lot of people or businesses might sometimes overlook. Now, if someone's just trying to start at square one, they say, Tim, okay, I, I need to have a simple marketing plan. How do I do this? What would you say to them? We, so the way I look at marketing plans is in 90 day sprints. So and that's for a few reasons. One, a year long, two year long, anything longer than that marketing plan becomes too complicated. And 
I believe complexity is just the enemy of seeing results. So, well, and think think about it, Tim. If someone were to have a, a year long marketing plan and back in January 2020, yes. it would look very very different come April 1st than it did back on January 1st. So, I exactly. think that is. That is you, a great tip for that 90 day sprint. Yep, you have to have flexibility built into your plan. And when it's done on 90 day sprints, you have that flexibility. But 90 days is still long enough to start seeing whether the actions you're taking are having results. So that's why I love 90 day marketing plan. I just try and keep it as simple as possible. So the 90 day plan we use is six steps. Okay, the first step is who's your target market? Okay, I want you at a minimum to have a paragraph for each ideal client type you have. All we wanna do here is make sure that we are keeping top of mind who we intend to attract. The second step is what's my goal? It should be specific, it should be measurable, it's gonna be time bound because it's a 90 day plan. You know, so this might be, you know, I intend to bring on five new clients in the next 90 days. We have to have an idea of where we're headed. The third is what's our budget and our resources. So when I look at this, I break it down into your budget, obviously, is how much money do you have to spend? Is it $500 a month? Is it $5,000 a month? Your resources have to do with your time, people on your staff, their time, but it also has to do with capabilities. So just because Jenny in your office has time to manage your social media, if she doesn't have the capability, she doesn't understand it, well, that ain't gonna work, right? So all this step does is it gives us an idea of what we have to work with within our plan. The fourth step is what's our current marketing plan? And when I say this, Katie, I realize most people don't have a plan. That's okay. All we're doing here is identifying a reference point or a baseline of where we're starting from. If my GPS cannot tell me how to get to Denver International Airport until I tell it I'm starting from Highlands Ranch, right? This concept is no different. You can't lay out what you should be doing moving forward to reach your goals until you first understand where you're starting from. So when I look at current marketing plans and the net, what we're gonna focus on in the next 90 days, we look at eight main marketing channels. Every tactic will fall into one of these channels. You've got your strategy or your fundamentals, so the target, your target market and your messaging. You've got your website, you have content, which is your blogs or podcasts or videos, whatever that may be, search engine optimization, social media, email marketing, paid advertising, so Google ads or Facebook ads, and then offline marketing. Am I doing speaking? Am I doing direct mail? Am I networking? Those types of things will all fall into offline. All I want you to do in this fourth step is just write down what you've done and what you have in place or what you continue to do on a consistent basis in each of those channels. Do not feel like you're missing out if you are not in every one of those channels. You do not yes. have to be in every one of those channels. Yes. Okay, they're th so super important to keep in mind. You know, I love that, Tim. And I think that it really, it causes me to kind of wonder what works for you these days? What type of marketing have you found that helps you move the needle to help find and engage and work with your ideal client and customers these days? Yeah, it, uh, it's a great question, Katie. And for our business, the driver has always been speaking in some way, shape, or form. Prior to the pandemic, that was in person. In the pandemic, that obviously has shifted online. So we're doing a lot more workshops online. But then speaking comes in all kinds of formats, right? I mean, 
could be, you know, webinars, workshops, that kind of stuff. It could be content in some way, shape or form. So I still look at podcasting, doing guest podcast spots like this as speaking in just a different form. So speaking works really well for us with, along with content, you know, so creating content and driving people inbound content, I think also melds into your social strategy as well, you know, cause you can, there's all kinds of ways you can use social to promote the content that you're creating. So all of our stuff is really very content driven and that's how we get in front of and stay in front of uh, our ideal clients and generate leads. And that can be hard is trying to find the ways to, to get in front of your ideal clients. So I love that. Let's move along to tip number five. Yes. So tip number five, right? And four, we talked about what you're currently doing from a marketing plan perspective. Step five is what are you going to focus on in the next 90 days? And it can be in any of those channels that we talked about before. And depending on where your, what your budget is and what your resources are, that's going to kind of determine how much you can choose to bite off in the next 90 days. You know, if it's just my time, you know, and I've got four hours a week and I don't really have a budget, well, I'm not going to focus on every channel, right? I just can't possibly, it's not, it's not going to happen. If I don't have the fundamentals in place, if I don't know who my target market is and I don't have great messaging, well, for the next 90 days, I might just be focusing on that strategy and fundamental channel before I start expanding out into others. But all we're doing in this next 90 days is just putting what we're going to focus on. What are our priorities? And when we have our priorities down, it helps eliminate distraction. It gives us clarity, right, on what's important for us. And when we have clarity, it leads to reduce stress. There's less stress when we know exactly what we need to do. And that's what we're trying to do in this fifth step. In the sixth step, we look at the metrics that we're going to track. What metrics are we going to track that are going to help us determine whether the actions we're taking in this 90-day plan are actually making an impact? I like to keep this high level. There are so many different metrics within marketing. And as you know, Katie, there's so many vanity metrics. You know, how many followers do I have on Facebook? How many, how many yes. people are on my email list? How many visitors are to my website? Who cares? Are you generating leads and are those converting to customers? So if you don't know how many leads you're generating and how many of those are converting to customers, start there because that's a really powerful number to understand. From there, if you want to get more advanced, more sophisticated with the metrics you track, you certainly can, but... I like to keep it simple and just make sure that I have at least some metrics that are going to help me determine whether what we're doing are moving the needle or not. And then once we know that, at the end of the 90 days, we can look at what worked, what didn't. We can make updates, create a new 90-day plan, and we just wash, rinse, and repeat. That's it. I love that. And I think that too, the underlying theme of all those tips, Tim, is to work smarter, not harder you know, (laughs) really it is. I mean, find the the social media channel that works for you. Find the type of content that your audience likes. Focus just in on that audience and the rest of your business will be a lot more enjoyable, right? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the, when we put a plan together for clients, one of the first things that we focus on is what's working now right? What are you doing now to generate leads? And out of those ways that you're using to generate leads, which ones are working? And let's first, that's the best place to look first for your marketing plan. 
Because if we're, if you have a, let's say speaking is working well for you, we're certainly not going to abandon that, but are you maximizing that opportunity? If you're not, that's one of the things that you should put in your plan first is how else can we maximize this opportunity? And once, once we've taken that opportunity to its fullest extent, then we can start to expand and look into other channels and other tactics, but why not double down on what's working? Exactly. I I love that. And I think that a lot of, especially for what I do with social media, a lot of businesses are always trying to be on every single social media platform known to mankind. And (laughs) when, when that happens, it can be very, very overwhelming and you can lose sight of focusing in on this, the parts of your business that are working and getting caught up in the vanity metrics of, Oh, well, we have 10,000 followers here, but only 10 over there. We need to work on it. It's no, take a step back, focus in on what's working and go all in on it. Go all in on it with a plan. Yeah. Rather than going a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. Right. You go an inch wide and a mile deep. So it's, yeah, with social media, we see that all the time, especially there's just so many different social media channels and people feel like they need to be everywhere. And when you do that, um, you know, unless you have a huge budget, you're just not going to do a good job. Yeah, so exactly. You might as well find that one platform to start at least where it resonates with you. I mean, at this point, almost any type of ideal client is on any social media for the most part, right? Yeah. So let's just figure out which one do you like that you can use and just start doing that one really well before you start to expand out. Well, Tim, I think that, you know, you've had the opportunity to be an entrepreneur a couple times. And what is the biggest piece of advice that you'd want to send someone off with after listening to today's show as they enter the world of entrepreneurship? What is the best piece of business advice that you'd like him or her to go forward with? Katie, there's no shortage of great business advice out there. One of the things that always stuck with me that a mentor told me was focus on the next measurable step. So, you know, as entrepreneurs, business owners, it can be overwhelming at times. I mean, we have all these ideas floating around in our head. There's all these things we want to do. We want to accomplish. And when we think about all those things at once without really drilling down on what our next measurable step is, it's, it's totally overwhelming. You can't do anything. So, break it down into the next measurable step, not the next step, but the next measurable step you can take. And it becomes so much easier. And after you take that step, you're one step closer. Then you can focus on the next measurable step after that. It's just so much easier when we can break things down into small steps and start taking those steps. So that's one thing that always stuck with me that that has really helped me on my journey. It's true. It's true. Rome wasn't built in a day and it can be really hard to see where someone that you look up to or a business that's like yours and not do the the comparison and be like, oh, well, I need to do this, this, and this. And you don't know how long they've been in business for. You don't know how long they've been working to get to where they are and um, focus on your own journey. Take those baby steps. I absolutely love it. Tim, I was going to say, this has been such a great conversation. Where can we learn more about you and do business with you online? Yeah, the best place to go is our website, Katie, which is rialtomarketing.com. That's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. We did put together some free resources for your listeners to help get started with those fundamentals. 
So if they go to, to uh, rialtomarketing.com forward slash rocky dash mountain dash marketing, they don't even have to opt in. There's tons of free resources there. If they get stuck as they're looking at this stuff, just hit the get a free consultation button. It's all over our website. Be happy to, to chat for a few minutes and help them push through those roadblocks. I love that. Thank you so much for putting that together for the listeners. And you know, if nobody has followed you over on LinkedIn, I know that you are a wealth of knowledge over there on LinkedIn too. So be sure to connect with Tim on LinkedIn, because like I said, he's always publishing great blogs and great tips for marketing, always has great guests on his show as well. What is, uh, what's the name of your podcast so that people can tune into that, Tim? Yeah, it's, uh, it's simple. It's the Rialto marketing podcast. So, uh, not too hard to find. And if they go to our website, they can find all that stuff there too. So happy to connect anywhere uh, that it's convenient for them. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Katie. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepssocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.